Hey flower lovers, Alexa here with the Flowers on Fire podcast, where I talk about life as a florist and other passionate things. Hey everyone, Alexa here with the Flowers on Fire podcast. I'm here with my really good friend, Margie. She created the lovely Av, and she is a beautiful soul and creative, and she makes the most beautiful paper flowers I've ever seen. Oh my gosh, Alexa, I love you so much. Thank you. (laughs) No, they are so inspiring. Like, if you don't know her work, go on Instagram right now, look at the lovely Av, and go look at it because her work is stunning. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Every time I, anytime I tell anybody that I'm a paper florist, you get this like very confused look right up front. And then I immediately have to pull out my phone because it's like, okay, let me explain. I I make flowers out of paper and it's not just any type of paper. It's uh, crepe paper that I source from Italy and Germany. Um, But when I first started, I was just using scrapbooking paper. But anyway, yeah, it's... You've got to start somewhere, right? <laughs> you have to start somewhere. Yeah, but your flowers are like... Everyone's thinking of like that stupid pen that you made in middle school or whatever with like a flower on the top with crepe paper. Yeah, yeah. This is not it. This is <laughs> far from it. You know, this is high quality. Um, your flowers are fantastic. Thank you. But yeah, seeing them definitely helps like wrap your head around it and then especially now with Instagram and the way that reels are you get to kind of see the step-by-steps that I've been doing lately um which is so fun I know it's kind of fun to be able to show people like really how intricate it is but it's also very like sped up mm-hmm. and so sometimes I like to slow it down and be like no guys really it takes me like it takes a long time <laughs> like sometimes 30 seconds to apply one <laughs> petal just like it's a labor of love it really is yeah but I yeah I've been doing it for geez 2012 was when I first ever found out about paper flowers. Amazing. Because I was getting married and I was paying for the wedding myself and I wasn't really like thinking about flowers. I mm-hmm. don't know, which is horrible to say because like. Well, now you're immersed in it every yeah, day. Yeah, I know. World. And it's like the one of the most, I think, the most important parts of a wedding. And yes. I don't know why I wasn't thinking about it. So I got, I booked the venue. I got my, like everything set. And my wedding planner was like, okay, who's doing your flowers? And I was like, shit uh can I swear in here sorry yes you can (laughs) I do all the time anyway so um I didn't have any money I was like I can't I like looked into some I got some like um what's the word I got uh some yeah um quotes sorry yeah so I got some quotes and I was like there is no way I can't do this and I was on Pinterest and I saw a paper flower bouquet and I'm like well maybe maybe yeah and I had still like I was planning and what were you doing career-wise at this time? Oh, my like, gosh. So, yeah. Sorry. We're jumping. No, you're good. No, you're I just good. want to understand where you were at this yeah. time because your work is so creative and so creative-driven that I just imagine you having this, like, crazy art background or you were <laughs> always in the art world in some shape or form. No. Um, so, I graduated from the University of Utah in exercise sports science degree. So, okay. I wanted to be a physical therapist. Okay. And I graduated in 2011, and I had just taken a year off. I was like, I just want to, like figure out really it what wasn't I wanted sitting to do. you're just kind of trying to figure it yeah, out yeah I was like you know I'll just take a year because before because like the p or pt degree is a doctorate and so I'm like I am not ready to go into yeah. another four years of school and so I was just gonna take a year and in the meantime I kind of just bounced around a, a few different jobs like where where am I fitting and so I really enjoyed um 
marketing and I was kind of sitting in those types of roles. Sure. Um, I think my people personality kind of came out and I was like, yeah, like this is fun. And it felt sort of creative because you write, you have to kind of make sure that you're pushing the correct agenda, but in like a way that people accept it. Right. So it was fun that way. And I got to travel a lot. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the job I was in, in 2012. And I kind of found this and I taught my, I like found the paper flowers and I was like, well, I think that this is what I'm going to have to do. And it, it wasn't like a a have to, I was like, wait, this is really pretty. This is kind of fun and kind of unique. Yeah. And so like, why not? Let's try it. And so from 2012, like this is the mid 2012 to, the fall of 2013, I made like 500 paper flowers for oh my wedding. My so I made my bouquets, my sister's bouquets, and then um, my centerpieces, boutonnieres, like all of ah, it. I knew you had made your bouquet, but I didn't recognize yeah. that you had done it all. You've done it all. All of That's it. That's a big labor of love. What it was like 15 centerpieces. Like it was insane. Yeah. It was a lot of flowers. You and like this went was, all in. And I never arranged anything before. <laughs> so like you should, they're they're horrible. No, no, no. They're Everyone so- starts somewhere. Oh I look back at my work and I'm like, oh, like how cute, how cute, you know? Oh no. Yeah. I look back at my wedding and I'm like, oh, that's sweet. Yeah. So anyway, it's hilarious. So I, I did it for the wedding and then I was done. And I remember like really losing that, like when I lost that creativity where I'd come home and be able to work after work and it kind of felt empty and I was like kind of sad, but I was like, it's fine. I couldn't tell, I couldn't match it between like, was I sad because I was no longer planning a wedding or was I sad because I wasn't putting like effort into creating something with my hands. And so a couple months go by and I posted photos on Facebook about my wedding and I just kept getting friends reaching out like, Hey, can you make me flowers? Can you do these for me? Like on my mom's birthday. And I was just like, well, what if I try this? Yeah. And this was like towards the end of 2013 because I got married in September 2013. And so then early 2014, I was just playing around with the idea. But just, it was crazy to me. Like, my the time my husband and I were both working at a job that made about the similar amount of money. And so, like, the idea of cutting our income in half was yeah crazy. It's scary. It was terrifying. Yeah. yeah. And so I was like, no. No, no, no. And Can't so, do like, it. Not the right time. Like, yeah. I'm going to make more or whatever. But at the same time, I, I kept, like, making flowers. I'd come home and make things. And then... <sighs> It was about the midway through 2014. I was on Instagram and that's when I first found the paper flower community. And I was like, what are these women using? Because it wasn't crepe or scrapbooking paper. It was like this paper. I was like, how are you making your flowers look so realistic? Like, how? And so I got really lucky that I asked one paper florist. Her name was Jennifer Tran. Like, where do you get your paper? And she was kind enough to be like, oh, I source it from here. And I ordered that paper and I recognized like I realized I could stretch it I could mold it and that it game just changer. game changer like yeah. explode because uh, really my issue was no matter what I did before my flowers always looked crafty yeah. and like that's not necessarily a negative term but sometimes it can come across that way and I would really didn't want to sit within that mold yeah um just like grocery store flowers yeah there are certain flowers found at the grocery store because they are durable. They last a long time. They're cheap. Mm-hmm. And some people love that. Mm-hmm. People love going to Smith's and grabbing a bouquet. Yeah. And then there are people that don't love that. Yeah. And that's where I come in, right? <laughs> and I'm like, there are better flower varieties out in the world. Yeah. yeah but and same with your craft, right? Like, yeah. Um, you just you're ready to elevate the look of your designs with the materials you're working with. Yeah. And so I really didn't even have designs because with scrapbooking you had I was like 
scrapbooking paper, I was very much in this box of like, I could really only use a few petal shapes right? and you can't really shape them past. So I was really just making roses. Like that's all I knew how to make was roses. And I think maybe a ranuncula. Um, and so then when I found crepe paper, I was like, whoa, I can actually like cup shapes and things like that. So anyway, long story short is that was in mid 2014. And by the end of the year, I was, I, I was like, Chris, I really need, Chris is my husband and I love him very much. <laughs> he's but a great I, guy. He's so great. I've never met him, but he seems so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I basically came home and was like, I really want to try this. I, I'm not happy with my job and I don't know where I want to go it within this direction and I know I don't want to go back to school so can I try this give me a year and he was like yeah okay let's give it a year ah, supportive partners are the best, the best. Yeah. and um it was really really hard like really hard I got lucky I will fully admit this that I was not at the start of the curve because there's definitely some trail trailblazers before me that just like blazed the way Tiffany Turner is one of them she's an incredible paper artist um, but I was lucky enough to still be within the first, I would say like 20 yeah. new artists that was coming out and definitely the first in Salt Lake. And so I think that just was really helpful. I was yeah. able to put work out there that no one had really seen before. And, um, I definitely started in the wedding industry cause that's where I started, right? I made it for mm-hmm. my wedding. And so I just got picked up really quickly by a few different, um, magazines and a few different major blogs. And that just really helped my website. I decided to make my own website instead of go through Etsy. Cause like out of a whim, I was just like, okay, well, do I launch a website or do I try to do the Etsy way? And I Google, or I went on Etsy and I just typed in paper flower in their search engine and 20,000 things came up. And Ooh. I was like, I will get lost in here. Yeah. I don't know how to build in here. Right. And I'm sh- it's the same thing on the internet as well, but I'm like, well, at least I can say I have my own website. I'll just try. So yeah. like Squarespace was super simple. Well, no, it was not super simple, but <laughs> I you figured, figured it, it out. out. Yeah. Just and like <laughs> entrepreneurs do. We just like, okay, buck up and we'll just figure it out. Sure. I'll learn code. Like, yeah. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just like press buttons until I realize, oh, it's changing the font size. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah. anyway, um, and then, yeah, I, that was, I tech officially started November, sorry, January 1st, 2015 was when I was like, okay, the lovely avenue is starting and it's been going ever since. Oh my gosh. (laughs) It's so exciting. And how did you come up with your business name? Oh my gosh. Truly has no sentimental meaning. Yeah. It is. It's so cute and darling. I I know, but it was like one, it's clearly like a 2014, (laughs) 15 era name. Like everyone was naming their companies after like lanes or you know Mm -hmm. something like that yeah and I don't know why I woke up one morning and I was like I really like and I use the word lovely a lot yeah and I was like I really love that word and it just stuck and so it's one of those things it's funny because like I remember not wanting to have it be my name I wanted it to grow past me yeah and I felt like the lovely avenue is also not paper flower related like it and so in case I wanted I basically had an open mind of like I don't know where this is going to take me yeah and so I want to have a consistent brand that I can mold into wherever I go smart so that I can keep brand recognition going versus keeping me under an umbrella of paper flowers or under an umbrella of just my name because I don't know where this is going I could have employees in the future right so I just kept it open like that and and in the last yeah in the last nine years it's gone in multiple directions which has been really lovely to be able to have a a very generic name that kind of follows it without having to worry that I'm kind of put myself in a box Um, but now 
for future endeavors, I would love to be able to say like, oh, that's the Lovely Avenue's kind of product. But if you want this, this is Margie Keats by the Lovely Avenue or like, yeah, mm-hmm. kind of thing. We're separating it out a little bit. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. I don't know. Yeah. We'll, well, well you got to keep dreaming and, yeah. you know, having those goals and, you know, here you are now, but where are you going in the future and having these different branch offs and, um, yeah, when I was doing my business name, it was the time of two names, right? It's like, (laughs) (laughs) there's always those little eras, right? Where you're coming up with something and my logo has changed a few times. It used to be like cutesy and watercolor and, you know, precious looking. Mm -hmm. And now it's like bold and in your face and black and white. And And I love that. You just kind of find as you, you know, you have to morph with your business and have it just kind of morph with you and I think with your marketing background too and advertising like you kind of had that in the back of your mind Mm -hmm. when you were creating things Mm -hmm. which I think really played out in your favor yeah and I also think that I recognize that I I wasn't good at this part and so I did save my money and and hired someone to do my marketing materials like from day one nice and so that was helpful so I got you know a really nice looking um, logo and I got nice looking like brand stuff that went along with it that I didn't have to put together and it was from someone who that's their whole business and so it felt like um, like I've grown with it like I haven't changed my logo or any of my marketing since day one I love it and I I definitely think there's certain things where I'm like that's a little old (laughs) like the script now like it's very you know script is very like mid 2000s right but I still love it easy update if you choose to do that she said she made another logo for me in the same that same day or like you know in the same package Uh that is a lot more of just a typographical script right so Mm -hmm. like um it works I mean I guess that would be my suggestion if you're starting something if you can afford it um or at least try to budget for it is don't do your own marketing materials hire someone who knows what they're doing and then at least what they can do is help you break down like what what do you like and what do you not like and then this girl who um Jackie Miller she's my foil and ink she's incredible she's my girl yeah um and so she helped break it down with me and kind of help me go like this is gonna this is too trendy and you're not gonna be able to kind of push this forward because you know I love that she wanted me she made me feel like yeah this business is gonna go on forever as long as you want it to go on and I want to make sure that your marketing materials Mm. follow you yeah so anyway I think that that's a great um advice like piece of advice it's definitely some that I give when I yeah. hear that someone wants to start their own business totally invest in that it's really helpful yeah <laughs> just have someone else's eyes on it like yeah. I did that when I you know rebranded my logo my first logo I bought on Etsy and plugged my Lily and Iris in Cute. and it worked at the time yeah. for a little bit and then I was ready for you know a facelift if you will and to get a little bit more serious and less hobby and it, that was one of the best investments that I've made too and since then um, I just handed out some funeral brochures to mortuaries to try yeah. and get in that realm a little bit more. And I hired a graphic designer to make those and he blew my socks off. It was like better than I could have ever yeah. imagined or tried to put together because recognizing your skill set as a business owner and creative and then hiring people on when you can is it, it's a game changer. It really is. And it will help you bring in more money. So yes. I, I know that it feels scary to invest and put your own hard earned money into someone else, but it really helps. And For it's, sure. and it takes the stress off of you and then you can focus on what you love. Yes. Um, and then it in turn makes you more money. And yeah. then sometimes it doesn't, but you learn yeah. and you don't ever do that again. Yes, <laughs> totally. We've all had those oh, learning sure. obstacles as well, being, <laughs> 
you know, self-employed and entrepreneurs. Oh my gosh, you're wearing like 20 hats. Oh yeah, it's a good time. <laughs> <laughs> it's good when it flows though. Oh and, yeah. You know, your hard work pays off and it's, it's a beautiful thing. So, okay, you started with the, the wedding kind of industry mm-hmm. in your business, but where is it now? Kind of paint a picture for our listeners of like what your business looks like now and what you offer now. Yeah, so what I offer now is mainly... Um, home decor, gifts, and fine art. Um, I loved weddings. Weddings were so wonderful, <laughs> but it was really hard. I don't know how you florists do. I really don't. Like <laughs> You've got to really love it. That's, <laughs> there's a lot of emotions and a lot of opinions and, you know, um, you've got to really love weddings. You yeah. Do. And I, I think mine was just slightly harder because I had to make all of the flowers and then that was even more difficult because it ended up not being like financially um, it didn't make sense for a lot of brides and then I started to do certain things where it's like okay I'll just make the bouquets then and then everyone like the other florist can then create the rest of the wedding coordinate with the rest but then that was even harder because then I would get photos back and I would be feel so bad for the bride because I'm like your bouquet doesn't match mm-hmm. like it just doesn't we mm-hmm. ha- it's very clear two different people were working on this wedding sure and so then I'm like from that moment on I'm like I will not do this anymore yeah. it will just be if you would like wedding or flowers for your wedding then I will make you f- you flowers on the stem and then your florist will arrange with them because the mm-hmm. flowers actually look really good with real greenery and real flowers as well yeah. um, and then that way you still get your f- paper flowers at the end of it and you can put them in a vase and that's great right but that way you're still getting a consistent design versus not but yeah two different vendors yeah Yeah. and so um but every now and again probably like twice a year I will do an elopement and so it will just be the bouquet and the boutonniere and maybe a small like two smaller bouquets to go with it yeah and that's a really special like I love that you work so closely with your you're with your client and you're you know how how special it is because they're really only inviting very small people or it's just them and their partner. And elopements have a very different feel and mm-hmm. vibe to them and a lot of the time the client is very chill yes. and trusting yes. because their vibe is chill. Yeah. You know, they're not dropping a hundred thousand on their wedding day. That's like, yeah, we're going to climb some mountains and we're going to just say our vows up in naked in the woods yeah. or whatever that looks yeah. like. You know, um, I'm an elopement bride know, and even so though I had beautiful. clothes on, like it was very chill and yeah, we didn't even know where we were getting married to like a day before, oh gosh, you know, and so it was amazing. like, we've got clothes, like, what are we doing? And we like stopped the tour bus in Egypt and I was like, there's white bougainvillea, hold on. And I like went and clipped some and that was my bouquet. Are like, you kidding? It was so awesome. But like. And your dress. Thank you. It's like what dreams are made <laughs> of. I kept looking at your photos like over and over again. I'm like, she looks like a goddess. Oh like my you gosh. were It was so mummy stunning. chic. That's what one of my friends described it as. But she, like the person that designed my dress, she is Romanian. She's in Idaho and she just makes like a few gowns a year. Oh you know, gosh. her stuff is so fantastic. Yeah. And her name has left me, but I will put it in the oh show notes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I um, get it. But I, I think that's what's so interesting is so now that you, like I'm in that position where I can pick and choose. Like yeah, it's really only work yeah, two to three times a year that totally. I do something like this. 
it's it's usually my best work and then that client gets to really feel very special to know like I I really only do this like your dress designer only does yeah. you know that many dresses Dachi. her name's Dachi. oh there she is <laughs> Dachi gowns <laughs> but yeah and so right now what I know what I mainly do um is you know custom orders so gifts um I specialize in any type of gift and then I do subscriptions as well so you can get a flower a month or an arrangement every quarter and then um you know, holidays are kind of big. I used to be huge in Valentine's Day, but Valentine's Day kind of has fallen off. Um, and so now really it's Mother's Day. Mother's Day is okay. a giant holiday for me. Yeah. And then, yeah, just um, home decor stuff. So like when people want to switch out into fall or spring, I I get a lot of uh, influx of orders then. And then I'm currently working on a fine art collection. I launched one in 2018 and um, loved making them. And I made, I think, 12 pieces. It was I my could stare at them for hours. Oh my gosh. Like, and honestly. it's so funny because the first, so I call them my still lifes. And basically it, they are um, flowers that have been arranged on a frame to look like an arrangement. Mm -hmm. um, and so it, it, they look like they're sitting in a vase, but the flowers are clearly 3D. And so they, they pop off yeah. either the canvas or the frame itself. And it's um, a weird brainchild of mine that I had like in mid 2018, I couldn't get out of my head. So I just like put something together really quickly and I was like, holy crap, I have something here. Yeah. And so I just, um, I released the first collection cause I made him really quickly. I was like, oh my gosh. And like, I didn't even like try to play with color or like even to try to make like very unique flowers. I just did what I knew and I released, I like, did my own gallery so I rented my own space and oh invited God, people to come so and awesome. it was like such a beautiful experience and we we basically sold every piece from that collection except for one Amazing. which was a miracle like I was like wow I can actually do this like, yeah oh my gosh so like that kind of sparked a fire in me I'm like okay I really this is I think the direction I want to go because when I first started I knew I wanted to like I, I had a vision for the lovely Ava being like uh scaled up Lots of employees. We're pumping out, you know, hundreds of orders yeah. a month. I mean, Mother's Day alone. You, I it's mean, huge. how many orders ish? Would I mean, you? I used to do a lot more. I used to do yeah. close to like 150 units, and each unit either oh, has wow. a, like three flowers to 15 flowers in it. So oh, it's wow. a lot of yeah, flowers in yeah. um, a month too, right? Because yeah. we, we release it in like a, you know a month and a half, right? And so we release it in. Um, well normally I would release it in like early April and then I started to learn like that's not enough time yeah. like a month of production this is crazy so I would start doing pre-orders in March but even then two and a half months uh and trying to make all of those flowers was really hard so slowly but surely my numbers have come smaller and smaller but when I was at my peak I had two employees and like 10 interns helping me yeah and because how long can it take to make a single flower it just depends on the flower yeah. it's like such a that's such a stupid response, but no, it really no. just depends yeah. on the flower. So like my fastest flower is my classic peony and I can make that flower in two minutes. Amazing. But uh, if I teach someone how to make it, it could take them 15 minutes. I For mean, sure. it just is learning how to work with the paper. And then my longest flower takes me an hour and a half. Yeah. Um, and so it takes time. Yeah. And so um, with Mother's Day, I make sure that those arrangements are are still like beautiful on their own and they are balanced and they have their showstoppers and they have their like, you know, supporting flowers that are really beautiful as well, but they're not filled all with showstoppers. Oh, you can't, no. you know, it's just 
the profit margin and the time you're spending on each flower. It's not possible. Yeah, so same as us designing with fresh flowers. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, you get a peony or two, but then you're going to get some carnations as well. You know, it's yeah. like that balance. Yeah. You've got to do the same in your production. Same. Yeah. So that's kind of Mother's Day. Um, But yeah, so when I first, like I would say my peak when I was producing the most amount was in 2000 and was it 17 or 18 was when I was producing the most. And I recognized that I wasn't loving it. I was, yeah. I was really, I didn't have the chance or the time or the energy to put into any, anything new. I was only doing flower, like certain flowers that mm-hmm. I knew I could make quickly so that I could put them in arrangements and get them out the door. And so then when I made a still life for the first time in 2018, I was like, oh my gosh, I want to do this. Yeah. This is a new fire. Like, oh my, oh my gosh, I really want to do this. And so that was, that was exciting, especially seeing the response because it was definitely the most expensive I'd ever set something up to be for me. And so I was like, wow, like they sold. That's crazy. Amazing. And so then I, in 2019, I was like, I'm going to start a different collection. I had this vision every everything in the previous collection was they didn't correspond and they had um you know each one each piece was its own unique piece right but this next collection I wanted it to be a color theory I wanted them to Mm. connect to each other they could be okay on their own but I wanted them all to connect in one way or another so the first piece starts in white and when I finish the last piece eventually hopefully (laughs) it will end in black and so in the, in the in-between, it goes from white to cream to warm blush to coral to red into oranges and yellows into mauve, like a dusty brown. Ooh. And then now has flown in, like not flown, but kind of because it's jumping <laughs> from that to fuchsia, this bright, bright fuchsia. Ooh. And then I'm going from fuchsia to a light, cool pink that's going into lavenders and purple. And then the last piece will be plums that we will warm back up to kind of get ready to enter black and then yeah then it should be ending so like I started that in 2019 yeah I've seen it in your studio yeah and it is fantastic and to have them all by each other Mm -hmm. you know you you're offering this you know once it's done as a collection but saying each piece can also be okay on its own yeah they are individually works of art but together it is like (laughs) breathtaking Honestly, I think you're on to something. I also think as creatives, we kind of get in the routine. It's mm-hmm. really easy to do that, especially when we're running a business that needs to make money. It mm-hmm. is our livelihood as well. Mm-hmm. And you've created something that works, you know. Um, but at the same time, as a creative, we've got to feed our soul mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of that balance. Yeah, and I and with the still lifes, so I've been making them since 2019. I really only have two pieces left to go. So as you can tell, I mean, obviously 2020, we all know that that just put us into yeah. a tailspin and that's fine. So I didn't make my next piece until 2021. Yeah. So it's interesting because you can see the first four pieces and then the fifth piece. I'm like, that's a two year difference. Yeah. But the flowers still look pretty okay. But you can definitely, I can see. Sure some We're, growth yeah you can't help but see some growth of course but like any other person's like I can't tell the difference yeah, yeah. I'm like thank goodness because <laughs> there is a difference it, they're all created by you yeah. at the end of the day yeah. totally but um what I love about these pieces just like you said was I I'm not making money off them right now right mm-hmm. I'm hoping I do in the future but right now I was using them f- as this this 
I was giving myself permission to make whatever flower I wanted. I was giving myself permission to create something weird and unique and maybe it worked out, maybe it didn't. But what it would do is it would, like you said, feed my soul so that I felt like I could go back to my custom orders and be better for my clients. And I, I learned how to make certain flowers. I'm like, oh, I could easily use these in future arrangements. And so it just, it gives me an opportunity to keep growing as a creative person. Yeah. Um, but it's hard. It's a different mindset. It takes me about a month to get into it, mm-hmm. to like let go of that feeling of having to produce over and over and over yep. again and being worried like, okay, even though like when I do give myself these months to do work on still lives, I obviously have worked out the finances in the back end, so right. I can do it. Right. But you're so sad. Like, it's a little sad how my brain and our brains can be wired to like, but you're not mass producing right now uh-huh. so are you succeeding right in quotes right what a success yeah that's the, like million dollar question right and I I it's such a hard thing because I have to keep reminding myself I'm like but this could elevate you in the future this mm-hmm. is and so like now switching over my mindset from bring taking the lovely avenue to this mass production option where we're just making as much as we can and, and keeping up with as many orders as we can to no we really need to scale this back yeah. because you're almost doing it a disservice. It It's art. Mm-hmm. You're making something with your hands. And most of the time people don't have never seen something like this. And then the end, no matter what I do, each piece is unique because I can't make the same thing over and over again. You just can't like yeah. your hands. There's a, an extra curl here or yep. an extra pedal there. Like no matter what, each client is getting something that's so uniquely theirs. Yep. Um, why am I trying to mass produce it? Why am I trying to make this something that can be in stores and bought like it's and bought and thrown away and like, oh, I just bought it It was just 20 bucks or whatever versus no, this person put in hours of work and I want it in my house or I want it in my office and I want to be able to look at it and always see it and say, that's my own little piece of art. And so I, by switching my mindset to that, it's been an interesting switch because that doesn't make you money right off the bat. (laughs) So it's been a little scary. Yeah. Um, but I really, weirdly enough, the pandemic helped because it was easy for me to scale back on my, like how many people are coming into the studio and how much help I need. And even though orders went up because Mm -hmm. no one was able to see each other, I recognized like I can keep up with this amount of orders, keep a roof over my head and still work on my fine art stuff and be happy. It's hard because like I said, it takes, it takes me a a minute to switch my mindset over and really allow myself to explore because I don't like failing. No one else, no one likes failing. But like when you're making something new, sometimes it's like, this is crap. <laughs> <laughs> I've made a lot of arrangements where I'm like, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. but play is really important. It's as a huge. Creative. It's huge. Play and allowing yourself to dream and allowing yourself to just, you know, what if, yeah. you know, ask those questions. And well, and you want to be ready because like, I remember you, you gave me an order a couple of years ago. And it was for orchids. I can never remember their name. So yeah. you have this. Symbidium. Sim- yeah, Symbidium. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> I'd never attempted them. And I, f- I truly believe by allowing myself to be able to like let go and create brand new things on my own, I'm more open to clients who go, I want this flower and I've never made it before. And I'm like, and I can look at you and say, I, I can and I'll try because mm-hmm. I've already practiced that on the back end, right? Yeah. I've already been able to let go of this fear of not creating something perfect. And now those orchids are staples in a lot of my custom arrangements. People love love them. I love them so much. They're so great. But I would have never attempted them without Mm. a customer asking Uh me to. 
And then I would have never felt confident in saying yes without allowing myself to fail in the background. Does that make sense? Yeah, so it totally. Was, it was, it's, so this fine art pieces, I'm so excited. I hope once this collection's out or ready, I, I, I definitely will get them in a gallery. If, even if I have to pay for the gallery myself well, again, yeah. it's fine. <laughs> um, but no, it will be fine. I, I, I'm excited. I can't wait to see where they take me because I know this this round will be a lot more expensive than what I was offering my first round, but it's because it has taken me years to put yeah. them together and they are on a different level than my first round of still lifes. I don't even know how to describe it. And now I'm dreaming up what the next still lifes were going to look yeah. like and they're even more like as I already it should be yeah this, like self-confidence yeah. self-trust as you go in your business as you as an artist you're kind of you know unfolding yeah. and blossoming even more yeah. as as you practice these tools and uh, it's really a great foundation for you to stand on top of and I can't wait to see what you create thank next. you yeah. but yeah like but speaking of foundation like it all has to go back to why you started it in the first place right yes. so when you think back of where I started was in weddings and now I'm yeah. doing something completely Making different your own wedding yeah exactly okay and now you're like oh and like now <laughs> I'm just like okay I'm gonna just create art pieces that yeah. you know can range anywhere between ten thousand to twenty thousand dollars a piece and I'm hoping that I find this very small niche of people who want to do that yeah. that's in, that's an insane jump and if you would have told me I was doing that nine years ago I'd be like are you are you crazy yeah no but I still truly believe that where my foundation lies is still in the love of creating something that someone's never seen before mm -hmm. and that they, I get to create this wonderment for people. Yeah. And a lot of the times it's free, right? Cause I'm, you don't have to buy my work to have the excitement mm -hmm. from it. Right. Mm -hmm. I put it on Instagram where you can see it for free and you still get that same joy. Yeah. And I think that that's so special. Like I create something that brings joy to other people, like that is a superpower. It's so wonderful. So I love to sit in that and remember that and remember why I'm doing what I'm doing and it's not for money. It was, it's never been for money. Yeah. It's always been for the fact that I love getting to, and I've never worked harder in my life. That's the other <laughs> funny thing. People are just like, oh, so like you work for yourself. And I'm like, you don't yeah, understand. I don't have hours. Yeah. <laughs> I work all of the time. What's a nine to five? <laughs> it's like 24 seven. It's truly yeah. and like you know on your vacation something went wrong like uh -huh. you gotta make fix it like I've never worked harder but I've never been happier and I don't know who knows where things will go but like I'm that. so grateful that I get to keep doing it every day that I have the support from my clients and especially repeat clients which is interesting in my work because I know that's slightly different with yours my work doesn't die mm -hmm. so having repeat clients is huge yeah. like that means that you're finding new spaces in your home or yep. new people to gift these totally. to and that those clients to me are like super precious um but that's an interesting part of my um business model is <laughs> it doesn't die so yeah. how do i get more clients and how do i get them to come back and 100 retention and it's, is it's difficult. you pushing that creativity of okay seasonal or a new flower launch or yep. this is a new palette or you mm -hmm. know what that looks like mm -hmm. and um I just appreciate you just coming on here and being so real <laughs> about your experience and you. wearing all these hats and being an entrepreneur and feeding your creativity as artists that is so important yeah and I think that we forget especially anybody who's in a creative field you went in it for a reason right yeah. and then it, then the bog down of every day of having to get certain amount of work done or whatever, like that can weigh on you. Totally. And so allowing yourself to remind, remind yourself why you started and yeah. then 
let yourself play in your work again. So important. It's so important. I know it's hard. Um, but I think that that's really the only reason why I'm, I'm about to come up on my 10 year anniversary. Right. It's like, you have to allow yourself that time. And then also just be able to recognize like when you need a break, especially like physically, I don't know if you get this too, but like my oh, hands yeah. hurt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my wrists hurt. Yes. My elbows hurt. My back. Oh my gosh, my back. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. I mean, it's so physically demanding. Mm-hmm. I mean, our fingers pinching, pulling, you know, it's been funny um, having some different interns and designers in my studio space of like, no, like it's, you got to really like get rid of your fake nails. You know, yeah. that's what I want to oh say. Yeah. It's yeah. like, Okay, you know, and boutonniere work and stuff. It's like you gotta really get in there and pinch hard, like yeah. pull that paper hard. You yeah. know, make sure it's secure. Teaching someone how to like do something—it's so funny because like I will be talking, mm-hmm. but my hands will do something differently. Like my sweet assistant, she's like, "You do this every time. You tell me you're doing one thing. I'm watching your hands; they're doing <laughs> something else." And I'm it's like, "It's hard to teach. Dang, I, it's super hard to yeah. teach, especially a lot of mine is muscle memory. Like I swear, my hands just do what they yeah. want to do, which is great. Yeah. So anyway, another reason why." like trying to teach people how to make these flowers that was also very interesting like I could stand over there so I guess that was the other thing is that I've noticed is standing in my own power and recognizing like no matter what I do I I can never teach someone how to make a flower exactly like mine but that in itself is so powerful not only for me but then also for other florists right so like since I've started I've really been a big ambassador for any new paper florist who wants to come forward and ask for help. Like, I'm happy to help. I, I don't flat that. out give my own templates because of course. the way I learned was how I bought real flowers and took them apart. I didn't have a book. I, yeah. That's how I learned how to make flowers. Well, and you have to hold on to, there's a certain part as a creative, you have to hold on to the core things. Yeah. Sure, you can give tips and tricks. Like, I'm the same way. But there's some things that took years for me to figure mm-hmm. out, and they're not just for free. No. And so for me, I'm happy to give advice about, I'm, I mean, basically anything. Because the way, I mean, it's slightly different, I understand, with, with real flowers. But for me, the way I, I see it is, you're not going to make the flower like I make the yeah, flower. Yeah, for sure. And I have clients who like the way I make flowers, and you have clients who like the way you make flowers. Totally. So I'm not, there's not that much of a competitive, like, side to paper florists like we're really actually a very loving community I which I that. think is really that's super special I know but I also think it just comes from like n- the main godmothers I like to call them of, the, of <laughs> who are who've always been kind and open and about open. so like I, I think you just take that line of going I'll help as much as I can yeah um and obviously you're right there are boundaries that you set where it's like okay I'm I'm done helping for free yeah um but at the same time you I just recognize that it's um, you. It's better to to help another creative person bring their own light to your space, to your creative field, right? Because then the more light that comes, right? These tiny little lights, like the yeah. brighter the whole field becomes, and then the more people get to see it. And I think that that's huge too, totally. and special. And 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 being someone who wants to only have your light be seen that doesn't make any sense 100 percent. it's definitely a community effort right and i learn from other floors all the time and when people come freelance for me they learn all these things all the time and i learn from other people and it's kind of that energy that you're putting out is what you're going to attract back 100 percent. and then you yeah this idea that you like one of my favorite quotes 
I'm going to butcher it because it's so very long, but like the very, one of the biggest parts was like um, allowing your light to shine gives others people permission to also shine their light. It's mm. like this idea of, of showing that you're not afraid to be who you are and not afraid to like be in your own power and do what you'd like to do. It gives everyone else permission to f- be the same and not be fearful of the, their own power inside. And then you never oh, know special. what that can do for the world. You yes. never know what that can do for you. For sure. I mean, it's it's one of those things where I just le- have have really learned to grow within my own person. And that's that really comes from working alone. Like, I mean, most entrepreneurs do. Yeah, totally. And that was weird for me. I'm, I'm a huge people person. Yeah. Like, I love... You're very social. <laughs> so for you to just be like you know, down doing your papers by yourself, you know, at this table. It was, it was a hard transition for me, but, um, social media was helpful. I definitely poured a lot of my, like, like that into there, but, um, but now it's changed. I do miss, I miss the old, and most people I'm sure do, even though it's like, if you looked at my account right now, you would assume like, oh my gosh, it's so successful, but it's like, I really miss when it was just like, a lot a smaller, smaller and like there was a smaller community and the algorithm wasn't messing with you and you could see things when when people posted them and I, I go through phases <laughs> like I'm on there a lot and then it's like oh, I haven't posted in three weeks you oh know my gosh, it's like yeah. it this just summer I went through like two months of not posting yeah. and I was like what am I doing <laughs> well it's busy like I'm in wedding season yeah. it's like sorry yeah. I'll and then in the winter I'm like I'm bored where is everyone yeah. and I'm on there more you know it's just it's like anything in life. It's I think that's interesting. Thing. You're right. I think I put a lot of effort in in waves and summer for some random reason. I never feel like I have the energy to put yeah. it in because it's also summer. Like we're outside. Yeah. We're enjoying it. You yeah. know, we're living life. Um, I always like this little quote. It's like living, not liking. Like, oh my gosh, love. Yeah, love that. Like I'm out living in the world. I'm not sitting on my phone liking. Stuff. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I need I need that in my life. Right yeah. Now. No, I think that's perfect. I, it's so hard. Because, yeah, and that's the other thing is, like, social. of course we only put what we own, like, the good things that happen of on social media. Yeah. So, you, so anytime I talk to a new paper florist and they're just like, I just don't understand, like, how you have these many orders or how, how like, you, and it's just like. It's it, not like that every day. No, it's yeah, not. Totally. And, and, yeah, like, growing your, I understand growing a following is important and being consistent is important. It, it, it is. Right. All of that is important. But just don't put so much stock into yeah. it because that's not why you started this. Yeah. Do it because of the reason why you started. Yeah. And then also just, I mean, yeah, recognizing that the Instagram should be a tool. It's for your market, right? But it shouldn't be your only place you market and it shouldn't be the only place you put time into. Totally. And, you know, work on... Human connection. Yeah, human... I mean, <laughs> things like people this. People you know, yes. So what's interesting is people asked me, like, how, where, why do you think your SEO is so strong on your website? And I'm like, it's not because of my Instagram. It, it isn't. Mm-hmm. It's because I say yes to every single opportunity that I get to talk to someone on a podcast, mm-hmm. to be in a magazine, mm-hmm. to be on a blog. Yep. All of that helps you as well as helping them, right? Sure. And then you get that human connection. You get to share your story. You get to learn someone else's story. I mean, it's huge. It's so beautiful. This has been one of my favorite platforms I've started. Yeah, and you're doing great. Thank you. Yeah. It's just so nice to be able to connect with people, too. My first house however many episodes was just me talking and since I started bringing people on I'm like oh I really really love this yeah. I love connecting with other creatives and that's why I wanted just like your business name I wanted to do flowers on fire because it's like flowers yes but other things I'm fiery about oh I love that because it. it's 
yeah it's all the things you know yeah that it's been so great oh my gosh I know we could talk forever Uh, (laughs) I'll just come back you (laughs) yes we just need to grab a glass of wine and hang out absolutely yes I'll bring some tequila it'll be great yes even better (laughs) um but I adore you I will link everything in the show thank you so much so people can find you and view your beautiful work and support you thank you so much Alexa thank you it's been so amazing okay Um, All right. Well, bye guys. Yeah, (laughs) this will be goodbye then. See you guys next time.